Well, like I said, good morning, Rock family, and welcome. So Jesus, when his three and a half years of ministry here on earth, he cursed fig trees, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he sent out disciples on it, he walked on the way, and he told a story about seeds being sown along the wayside. Each of these things happened different points along the wayside. The wayside in Scripture is a busy place. If you start looking at the root words for what we're talking about along the wayside, you will find almost everything took place along the wayside. See, they didn't do roads like we do today where everyone gets in and you seal yourself in your automobile and you go 65 mile an hour down the road. See, the wayside was where life happened. It was the conversations because everyone was living life at the pace of a walk or at the very fastest, a horse that ran away. (laughs) That's about as fast as life got in Jesus' day. So when Jesus was talking about life happening along the wayside, there's all sorts of examples of things that took place along the wayside. You remember the story of the road to Emmaus. He walked with two disciples and he walked along the way for a long ways discussing life with them, prophecy, the word of God, and they were unable to realize that it was Jesus. All that took place along the wayside. There's so much I want to say right now. This morning, I'm going to continue our teaching series on spring planting, and this morning's title is Spring Planting Along the Wayside. So we're going to talk about the first soil type in Mark chapter 4. Bring a little uh, review where we've been. A couple weeks ago, we started talking about Mark chapter 4, which is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through through 20, tells the story of the parable of the sower and the seed. The last time we talked about Mark 4, verse 14, I think, the sower sows the word. We talked about how the word of God is seeds. And those seeds, when they're sown in our lives, will bring forth a harvest. We got, we're going to talk about the next part of that this morning, but I got to get everybody back on the same page. If you got your Bibles with you, if you want to turn over to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. This is kind of our, our platform verse that all of this comes from, um, even though it's in Isaiah and we're talking about Mark chapter 4. This is really, this is a foretelling of this parable. We see this truth laid out in Scripture before we get to the actual parable that Jesus told. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11 reads, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it produce and sprout, and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. I love that last line. It will not return without succeeding. See, the word of God doesn't ever lose. The word of God will always succeed in the purpose for which it was sent out. Let's pray real quick before we get into the, this morning's teaching. Heavenly Father, I thank you so, so much for being here. Spirit of God, I thank you for flowing through us for accompanying us everywhere that we go. Lord, I thank you for crafting the words that we're going to discuss this morning. Jesus, for speaking them. And I thank you that we have the opportunity to engage them with revelation knowledge. 
Lord, I thank you that you met us along the wayside. Pray a blessing over these words that they would be your words and not mine. I place all of my flesh and all of my desires behind the cross that no one would see me, no one would hear me this morning, but they would only hear what you desire to speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So spring planting wrapped up yesterday on my farm. But it's just getting rolling here at Revelation Rock. I finished, I did it backwards this year. I planted my soybeans first and then I planted my corn. I had a very strange, I had a strategy for that. But it's all wrapped up now. And I went out and I checked on my seed this morning. I, truthfully, I went and dug up some corn, but I, plant, I didn't learn much from the last teaching. I just wanted to see if it was swelling up. I wanted to make sure it was in the moisture, so I went and I checked on my seed, and as I was digging it up, I had a flashback from when we were standing up here having this conversation, and Todd said, don't dig it up. Just plant it and leave it. It'll grow, and I kept digging <laughs> this morning, but it was an exciting day yesterday. I wrapped up spring planting. Um, earlier in the week this week, I had a, uh, a situation that happened. I was filling my corn planter, and uh, I'm gonna t- I want to tell you this story and kind of build into what we're teaching about this morning. It, it was not the Holy Spirit that caused the event to happen, but he definitely spoke through it <laughs> into my life. So I was trying to get going. I was trying to plant corn all week. I had all kinds of st- other stuff going. People, other people were broke down. I was trying to help them out and get them up and going, and then I couldn't get all the right parts around to get my planter going. It was just, a, it was kind of a mess. And uh, every day I kept, like, every day I'd wake up and Melinda's like, are you going to plant corn today? Well, I hope so. And then night, you know, the evening and the morning were the second day and I had no corn planted. And then I would try again the next day and it was, it was just one thing after another. So by like Thursday, I had my soybeans planted, but I was still trying to get my corn planter going. And I finally got going. I got everything all ready and I got to the point where I just shut my phone off. So I got, I got to the point I was ready to go. But before you take your corn planter to the field or at the field, you got to fill it. You got to put seed in it and you got to put fertilizer in it. And you have to set it, but I figured setting was minimal. I really needed to get the thing filled. So in my hurrying, I began to put seed. And I was hurrying at this, which is not godly nor effective. Just to, I want to get that. Hurrying is neither godly nor super effective. So I. I was hurrying, and I set a bunch of seed up on the back of the planter, and I climb up there, I open the hopper, and start pouring seed in. And as I'm pouring seed in, I realize the bottom of the hopper is open, and seed's just running. And this is, this is seed corn. We talked about how expensive this is. So I couldn't stop pouring fast enough, but I still had a little pile of corn on the ground. Jane, if you've got that slide, could you show the picture that I brought? I have, I have, not that one, the other one. See, it's, I don't know if you can see it very good. I probably sent the thing in the wrong quality. But right there on the ground, underneath my corn planter, which you can't see the corn planter or anything, but right there on the wayside is my seed that was scattered along the wayside. And I looked at it and instantly thought not godly things towards myself, towards my planter. I blamed all sorts of people that I, you know, weren't even involved. I was blaming for this mishap. And there lay my seed. And as I was frustratedly closing the little door on my hopper, on my seed hopper, 
As I was closing it, I looked down and I thought, and some seed fell on the wayside, which I'd been working on earlier in the week. And I was like, the Lord just stopped me right there. Now, again, I don't believe the Lord caused that to happen, but he definitely used it. He's working all things together for our good. I want to leave this picture up while we go through the first part of the teaching. We're going to get into We got one more picture later. But this is what seed along the wayside looks like. The sower sows the word. The word of God has tremendous potential contained in it, and it's ours to, to sow the seeds of the word of God into our hearts and let them reproduce. This provides, as we just read a minute ago, bread for the eater, which we find sustenance for our lives through the harvest the word provides when sown. Jesus is both the word and the bread of life, and we find it produces seed for the sower. The word can most effectively be sown into the lives of people around us after it has been brought, after it has brought forth harvest in our hearts. Remember a couple weeks ago we looked at Genesis chapter 1, how the seed is contained in the fruit. Every, every herb and every plant, every tree that God created, he put everything he needed for that fruit or seed or corn or whatever. It, he put all the potential for perpetual generations of that plant within the very first one. So inside an apple is a apple seed. Corn produces a harvest, and as it yields fruit, it produces seed. So some of the harvest that I scattered on the driveway, some of that would have produced food to eat, and some of it would have produced seed to plant. This is the design. This is what Isaiah was talking about. It produces both seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So we've got to be we have, it's easier to go to work to plant corn if you've got a full belly. And so it produces food for us to eat. And as we sow the word of God in our hearts, first off, it sustains us. And what is it, you, you might sit here and think, what do you mean the word of God will sustain you? Like bread to the eater. I can read the Bible all day long and I'm still hungry. Anybody tried it? I've tried it. I've done it. When I fast, I try and really focus on the Word of God instead of my hunger, and I'm still hungry at the end of a fast. So what do you think he's getting at? Bread for the eater. I think one application, this is not every application, but one application is as you process the Word of God, as you sow the Word of God in your heart, and it grows and brings forth after its own kind. See, an apple seed will always produce an apple tree. I can plant seed corn and it'll always produce seed corn. It'll never produce soybeans. My soybean seed will never grow into a beautiful field of corn. It'll always produce after its own kind. So as I sow the word of God in my heart, the wisdom from Proverbs, as I sow that into my heart, the grace and truth that Jesus revealed as I sow that into my heart, the revelation of how to minister to people and how to engage the world that Paul wrote about, as I sow that into my heart, it will produce a harvest of bread to eat. In other words, it will enable me to navigate this life with peace. It will enable me to navigate this life with grace. It will enable me to navigate this life. The issues of this life are more easily navigated with a full belly, right? Difficult. Like anybody ever set out on a road trip? I think road trips are the worst if you're hungry. I can do a lot of things hungry. I can't drive hungry. Part of it is because there's lots of convenience stores and I have to pass them. 
But I can't drive hungry because there's nothing else to think about. It's like the road, okay, the road's good. The car, usually the car's good. And then it's just my stomach. That's all we're down. There's not a lot of other things to engage my attention. So I can't drive hungry. I can't navigate the issues of this life on an empty stomach spiritually. As, we, as the word of God is sown into our hearts, like I said, the wisdom of Proverbs, just the wisdom of Proverbs, you sow those truths into your life and they will provide bread to the eater. They will produce things that give us that full stomach to navigate the road trip of this life. Does everybody track with that? Everybody follow? And then they also produce seed to the sower. See, what I did for a long time, and this is really where where this meets with the seed that fell along the wayside. Because we didn't read it all yet. Because I'm like a squirrel this morning. I have so many things I want to share. Mark chapter 4 verse 4 says, And it happened as he sowed, he's talking about the sower, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Mark 4.15 is Jesus' explanation of this. He said, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 13 is a parallel scripture of this. And you see, let's see, Jesus' explanation. I've got to find my verse here. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, verse 19 of Matthew chapter 13 is a parallel scripture to 4.15 in Mark. And I want to look at this because, you know, each of the gospel, the gospel, the word of God is a commentary upon itself. So it doesn't contradict itself, it explains itself. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 19 reads, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. This is he that received the word by the wayside. It lacked understanding. You see, there's a lot of times scripture is just thrown at people. And I spent some of my life thinking that if I could throw more scripture at more people faster, it would change their lives. No understanding going with it, no explanation just launching scripture into people's lives. The faster, the better. The more verses I could quote faster, the more people I would reach. Maybe you've never thought that way, but maybe you've experienced that. See, I engaged a lot of people with that mentality for a long time, and I, didn't come, I did not bless a lot of people with that. The more things I could quote faster, the better. No, because it wasn't understood. It didn't make it under the surface See, why, this picture, the picture that was up there, why do you think the birds of the air snatch those seeds away? Because they can see them from a long ways up. They're right there on the top of the ground, fly down, snatch them up, and they're gone. They will never produce a harvest. But when, what Jesus explained here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, he says, uh, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, once we get it past our ears and into our understanding, even just a little bit, it's under the surface of the soil and the birds of the air cannot see it. They lose, what, is, you know, what a bird loses when he loses sight of something, 
he loses access to it. Does that make sense? When a bird loses, he can't see it anymore. I no longer have access for it. So I was fitting my soil. This is like Farmer's Appreciation Sunday. I was fitting my one field this last two weeks ago, I think, or a week and a half ago. And the uh, birds were all over it. No, I was not planting anything. What do you think the birds were looking for? Worms. And they were finding them, which means that my soil was healthy. But there was worms everywhere. And, they were, and so there was birds everywhere. They could see them. Now, was, when I fit the soil, did that produce the worms there? The worms were already there. But why weren't the birds going for them before I fit it? Because they couldn't see them. Now, you might be sitting here this morning thinking, this is pretty elementary. Absolutely. This is super simple. This is what Jesus said about it. He said, if you don't understand this parable, how then will we understand any of the parables? Parables are usually very simple. This is a very simple principle. If you sow seed, it falls on the wayside, lays on top of the ground, above our understanding, into our ears, but not into our heart, the birds of the air, the the devil will come and pluck that truth up. And it won't produce a harvest in our lives. It's a simple truth. And there's a handful of points that I want to make as we look at this today, but it's very simple. I hope you can meet me in a very simple place this morning. Shelby is not here this morning, but I I have a word for him. Two weeks ago when we were talking about this, I talked about the two things every seed needs, and it really bothered Shelby. He came up to me, he's like, you know, you forgot one of the ingredients that every seed needs. He said they all need the sunshine, the soil, and the water. And I wanted to make that correction this morning, that the three things every seed needs to grow is water, sunlight, and soil. Ironically, not ironically, but by design, Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And Jesus is the supply of water that quenches all thirst in John 4, 14. So what's the third one that's left? Soil. The awesome thing is we all have soil. So He's the sunlight, he's the rain, he's also the seed, as John chapter 1 talks about, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The seed is the word of God, and our only job is to provide the soil. We all, that's all we bring to the table is the soil. So I just wanted to make that correction from earlier in the week. Matthew, or Mark chapter 4, verse 4, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. We're going to read this scripture probably five or six more times today. And it's kind of, it's like, okay, we read that. We read that. I want to keep, I want to keep this in our, the forefront of our minds as we look at this this morning. So hurry and impatience often leads to seeds along the wayside. As I shared in my story this morning, I was hurrying I was impatient, and I wound up sowing seeds along the wayside. Now, does anyone care to guess what harvest those will yield? Based on the scripture we're looking at this morning, we all know they will yield zero. There's a lot of potential there, but they won't yield a harvest. They're sown along the wayside, and they're there as a result of my hurry and my impatience. When I think about sharing the gospel with others and also sowing the word of God in my heart, I think about hurry and impatience and what it can yield. I, a lot of times, and this is not not like a confession, but it's kind of a thing I just want to share with you. A lot of times when I'm reading the word of God, I'm hurrying. Anybody else? 
It's like, I got somewhere to be. It's six o'clock in the morning. I've got exactly seven minutes, Lord. Do your best. Has anybody done it? And then I go through the rest of my day, and I'm like, Lord, you said you would bring forth a harvest in my life. And I read the Bible for seven minutes this morning. And did it make it into your understanding, son? No, but I read it. I planted it. I thought I planted I didn't plant it. I scattered it along the wayside. There's a point in this wayside when we're on the way to somewhere else. Does anybody, I spend my time, I listen to a lot of teachings. And you know, I glean very little from most of them. Full disclosure, I listen to hours of teaching every week. And very little of it makes it into my heart. Do you know why? Because I'm on the road going somewhere. I'm listening to a teaching, but I'm doing a thousand other things. I'm thinking about the last job that I did, the next job I'm going to, a meeting that I had this morning, what I'm working on this evening, all these things I'm thinking about. I'm on the road, and so some seed falls along the wayside, and it doesn't bring forth much of a harvest because we're along the way. We're on the road. To, to lose seed, this is something, this is a very simple little thing, but the Lord, and I was talking to Nick a little bit this morning. As I was going over this teaching, this is not the teaching of this group that I'm the most excited about. The next two, I'm wound for sound. I'm excited. You all better, I actually thought about saying, suggesting you should start packing your lunches to church and then you could just eat while we finished. Melinda did not think that was a good thing to do. So you all thank her. The next two I'm pretty wound about. This one, I'm like, Lord, what is it in here? And he said, it's simple. It's simple, Isaac. Just listen to the word. It's simple. And he said, how do you think you sow seed along the wayside? I'm like, I don't know. What do you, how? He said, you got to be on the road to sow it on the wayside. You're always on the road. You're sowing it on the wayside. It's, you know, if I'm out in the middle of my field, it's very difficult to plant seed on the roadside. Right? This is simple. Everyone, this is simple. If you're coming for complexity, you came to the wrong place. This is simple. But you have to be on the road. We're on the road going somewhere all the time. Think about our culture today. And this is not a bash on American culture. But there's a lot of seed gets sown on the roadside. I mean, a lot of seed that gets sown on the roadside today. Because why? We are on the road all the time. We are on the road all the time. I invested some of my life savings in a Bluetooth headset to enable me to be less effective in my whole life, but on the phone more. Was that a good investment? I don't know if that was a good investment or not. Because it's just, it's easier to be doing one thing with less of my attention on it and more of my attention on some conversation. And it's nice. I'm not bashing headsets. I just, th these are the things that the Lord, these are simple little truths that the Lord has shown me through this. Slow down. We were going to do a song last week and I can't even remember the name of it. What's that song, Matt? The slow down, take time. What's it called? Is it it is well or does it take courage? One of those two. But the, the lyric, we didn't get to it, but the lyrics of the song, slow down, take time. He's in the waiting. 
slow down, take time. You spill a lot less seed along the wayside when you slow down. If I had slowed down that day and thought, am I ready to put seed in the planter? See, because I knew I was ready to, I was irritated with myself. I was irritated with everyone I had talked to that day because I wasn't planting corn yet. And as a result, I wound up spewing seed all over the wayside. Hurry and impatience often leads to the seeds being sown along the wayside. Another aspect of this that I thought about is I've known people over the years, and this is not a bash on them. We're all learning. We're all in different places along this path. But as we share the gospel with somebody, as as we sow from, as Isaiah chapter 55 talks about, we've eaten our bread and we're, we've got our seed that's provided through the Word of God, and we're going to sow it into someone's life. We engage with someone in wherever we're at in our lives. We're going to sow the Word of God into their hearts. How many of us, and this is me, this is what I'm learning, so I'm not saying this like, how many of you do this wrong? That's what I'm saying I'm learning that this is some of the things I need to grow in, is I want to, the two, there's two aspects to this. Number one is, if I'm going to take the time to share the gospel with somebody, I'm going to seal the deal. I want to get up, like if they're not born again when I leave, I've a, I think I'm a failure. And so I pound it pretty hard. And I don't give time in those conversations. I'm learning that I need to give more time for conversation. Give more time for questions. Give more time because the word of God grows healthy and strong in an atmosphere of relationship, not in an atmosphere of dictatorial relationship. You must be born again. I took seven and a half minutes out of my day to share the gospel with you, and let's wrap this thing up. Let's get it sealed. Instead of, how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus engage the world around him? At the pace of a walk. At the pace of a walk. Are we living life? A wise man told, told me one time, life is meant to be lived at the pace of a walk. You spill a lot less seed on the wayside at the pace of a walk. When we engage somebody with the Word of God, this is a practical thing that the Lord has laid on my heart this week. Slow down. Isaac, slow down. Share the gospel. Carefully sow the seed. Be willing to take the time to engage that person so that the Word of God makes it from their ears to their understanding. In doing so, in in doing that simple act of slowing down, you're ensuring that the seed of the Word of God is not plucked up to the degree that you're able, to the degree that we're able. In the same way in our own lives, when we take the time in the Word of God, at that six o'clock in the morning when I give Jesus seven minutes, do your best, Lord. I've got seven and a half minutes, eight minutes, maybe 30 minutes. I'm not saying, uh, what I'm encouraging you is not to say, you know what, we all should quit our jobs and just spend time in the Word of God. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying to leave our focus on the Word of God to give him our attention, to spend time and allow the word of God to travel from our ears into our understanding. Now, um, I got to read, I'm going to read all the way through Mark chapter four today. I hope I get something from it. I get to the end here, my mother, here, my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and mother. Thank you, Lord. Have a great day.
I didn't get anything. I just read through it. It just skimmed across my ears and the enemy plucked it up and it produced no harvest. It just cost us all time. But to slow down and take time. See, the seeds along the wayside, as we keep as we continue on this morning, the seeds along the wayside lack a very important thing. I'm going to go out on a limb here. We've got a couple farmers with us. What do those seeds lack? Andy, what do those seeds lack to produce a harvest? Say that louder. Say what you just said real loud. They are not in the ground. If you go to like farmer school, they teach you to say things like seed to soil contact. You need seed to soil contact for what? Germination. The seed will not germinate there. It's just laying there dry. There's no soil. There's no nutrients around it. It's just laying there dry. So seed to soil contact is necessary for germination. This is really neat. Jane, could you get my next picture up? This one's maybe a little harder to see. Maybe it was the first picture. But if you see, there's two perfectly spaced seeds. And I had to, they were covered completely. This is not, but you can see there's a trend. I thought you'd be able to see it a little better. And I did not place them there. My 70s antique planter placed them there. And what do they have there? Tremendous amount of soil contact. They're in the moisture and they've got soil packed and tucked neatly around them. Every year in America, every year farmers spend millions of dollars across this great nation upgrading and tweaking their planters to get more accurate population, more precise seed spacing, and better seed placement. While the task of farmers is important and noble to produce grain to feed the world. That's a good task. It's a good job. That's a fun job to do. And it is noble. As believers, our task far surpasses the natural one of farming. We typically spend very little time developing our planting, our methods for better seed to soil or word to heart contact. If you're going to write one thing down from this morning, and I'm not saying you have to write it down, if you're one that wants to make notes, I would like you to write down word to heart contact. That is for believers the same importance of seed to soil contact for farmers. Because if the seed doesn't touch the soil, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, we had a bag of seed corn sitting up here, and as long as it stays in that bag or scattered out on the driveway, it will produce no harvest. It just throw money away and we've got this sitting here for nothing. In the same way, the Word of God, we can carry our bag of seed around with us. It's like, oh, this is just part of who I am, I just carry the Bible. That's not going to produce a harvest. And we can even scatter it across the landscape of our ears. Just scatter it across the landscape of our ears. It is not going to bring a harvest until it has word-to-heart contact. See, the wayside seeding method is one that lacks intention. Getting the word past our ears and into our hearts is exactly the same as getting that seed corn under the surface of the soil where the birds of the air cannot see it and therefore pluck it up. An agronomist friend of mine told me one time, we should aim for quality of planting, not quantity of planting. 
A thousand acres with seeds scattered on the surface will yield less harvest than a hundred acres of properly seeded ground. We can just broadcast the word of God into the world. And maybe you guys know some people that have been that way. Maybe you have been that way. I've been that way and I've experienced it where it's just like, I mean, the picture of a, like launching the word of God with a scatter gun. It's like, where, I don't know if I'm going to hit anybody with this, but we're just going to fire it out there. No intention. And I think how often I missed it because I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit. It's so neat. The Holy Spirit will quicken, will, will quicken our understanding, will quicken our hearts and give us a word. For someone, it might be something as simple as a phone call. It might be something as simple as, as talking to somebody at the gas station. I know I talk about that all the time because I frequent gas stations. Some of the gas stations in our area have phenomenal coffee. And so I get coffee at gas stations sometime. And if that makes it difficult for you to receive from me, that's okay. But I just like some gas station coffee. I like coffee shop coffee too. But I frequent these places and sometimes it's as simple as the Lord just nudging you, say thank you to somebody. Smile at somebody. See, we don't know where people are all at. We don't know exactly where everybody's coming from. We see someone, we perceive, we know everything about them by the way we approach, like, oh, they have a smile on their face, they must be happy, everything's fine. Or they have a frown on their face, they must be a terrible person. And we don't know, everyone's got their own issues, their own life story. Just like each of you, and myself included, we've got a whole week's worth of things going on. Thoughts in our mind, relationships, good and bad, difficulties, financial, health-related, all kinds of this stuff. And the neat thing is everyone has that. So to engage someone simply on our life basis, it's, it's difficult to reach them. But the Holy Spirit will give us a word. Some, oftentimes it's a word of God, like Scripture, to sow into someone's heart. And when we take time, when we take time out of our day to sow the seed, and again, not scattergun style, not scatter along the wayside, like, hey, I'm just going to go quote a bunch of scripture to a bunch of people and hope some of it sinks in. That's not sowing the word intentionally. That's spilling seed out of your planter in a hurry. And it's not going to grow. Like I said, the wayside seeding method is one that lacks intention. Getting the word past our ears and into our hearts is just like getting that seed corn out of the bag into the soil and tucked neatly in. The second thing that I'd like to draw on this morning, a little bit of this, and this is shifting gears a little bit. We're going to come back to this, what we're talking about right now, but I want to shift gears just a little bit. You can take the picture down if you'd like to, Jane. The, uh, the wayside. I said the wayside. I started out this morning talking about how the wayside is where life happens. Jesus did all kinds of things along the wayside. He sent his disciples out along the wayside. He sent 70 out. He sent the 12 out. He, sent, he went out. He walked with the, you know, all the things that we talked about. He cursed the fig tree. He did all these different things, and it was all on the wayside. He was going somewhere. He was walking along the wayside. And you might be sitting here this morning or listening if you listen online, and you might be thinking, this feels kind of like condemnation. 
And I want, to, I want to correct that thought right now before we close this service because the reality is we all begin along the wayside, beaten, robbed, and left for dead. And yes, we're tra- it's a transition, the story of the Good Samaritan. And we spend a lot of time, a lot of people have taught a lot of different things from the story of the Good Samaritan. And at the end of the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus says, go and do likewise. So there's good wisdom in that instruction. Obviously, Jesus wouldn't have told us to go and do likewise if we weren't to be like the Good Samaritan. But before we're ever there, we need to realize that in that story, we are the half-beaten, robbed guy. And Jesus is the Good Samaritan. We all start out life on the wayside. And you know, I dare say everyone in here that's born again had a lot of seed sown on the wayside of their lives before anything ever took root. And so I just, I really, I desire to remove any level of condemnation. You might be sitting here saying, I don't have any word to sow. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You've got the word of God. You know, we don't have to have 80,000 seeds to go to the field. Sometimes it's just one, and it'll grow and produce a harvest. See, James chapter 1, 18 reads, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. He brought us forth by the word of truth. He called you forth with a spoken word. We were talking this morning in our morning meeting just a little bit about how creation is an example of seeds being sown. Words being spoken. God spoke and now this is all here. That's the power of words. And we were created in his image. He brought us forth by the word of truth. And like I said, there's no condemnation. Wherever this teaching hits you, wherever this principle of sowing seeds hits you, if this is something you've never considered before, something you are just dabbling in a little bit or something you've walked strong in for years, I just pray that no one draws any condemnation from this teaching. We all begin along the wayside. The last thing I want to share this morning about this, and this is kind of an overarching thing for this entire series, is that each of our lives often contain areas of each soil type. Years ago, I worked for a farmer, and um, we had a field, we called it the 40, and it was the only piece of dirt that he had that was exactly 40 acres. I guess that's why we called it that. But in that 40-acre field, there is, like, I would... This isn't an exaggeration. Periodically, I exaggerate. But in that 40 acres, I dare say there was almost every soil type represented that is in Fulton County. There is, there, I mean, everything. You would find, go through with a field cultivator, and it's like, oh, we're in heavy clay. We're in blue smack. We're in dark sandy loam. We're in yellow sand. We're in sugar sand and everything in between. And it was like in one field. How do you do that? And the Lord lodged that in my understanding and it's stayed with me all these years with Mark chapter 4. Our lives often represent, are represented by that 40 acre field. That we have areas of our lives that the word of God is growing and bringing forth a harvest. Some 30, some 60 and 100 fold. There's areas of our lives that the word of God is being choked out by the cares and concerns and natural things of this life. There's areas of our lives where we've got somebody else's revelation and it's stony soil and it grows up real quick. We hear somebody share something and it grows up, just pops right out of the ground. But then as soon as the sun beats down on it or there's any sort of difficulty associated, 
it withers away. And there's areas of our lives, here today, there's areas of my life that the word of God is sown and it's like the wayside. The birds of the air pluck it up. And so to engage our lives and to receive from the Father with no condemnation, see, condemnation just is a barrier that we install between us and God. Sometimes we allow the enemy to install it. Sometimes we allow our peers to install it. But it's not coming from God. See, condemnation is no longer fit for use. And I'm telling you, church, your soil is all fit for use. Everyone in here contains tremendous amounts of that good soil. And you are not unfit for use. If the enemy tells you that, it's a lie from the pit of hell. If peers tell you that, it's a lie that they believe that also came from the pit of hell. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And if you're born again, you are securely in Jesus' hand, and no man can pluck you from the Father's hand. So re- resist any urge to pick up condemnation, to draw any condemnation from us. I want to encourage us. The, the theme that the Lord really laid on my heart this morning is that to get seed-to-soil contact, to get word-to-heart contact in my life, and this is for me, I believe it's for somebody in here as well, I need to slow down. I need to slow down. It's simple. I told you when we started this teaching, it wasn't complicated. If you came for complexity, this is not a great fit. We are not into the complex. I'm not opposed to things that are complex, but the Word of God is simple. I dare say the Word of God is the simplest and most complex thing in existence. Because as I shared several weeks ago, you know, farming, uh, leading into this, farming is real, it's really simple. I said, you know, I made the comment earlier, if you go to farmer school, and everybody kind of chuckled, like, well, where's farmer school? And there's some colleges you can go get ag degrees, it's not bad to get, I'm not down on college. But most of what a farmer uses he learned at home, or she learned at home from their dad, or their mom, or their grandpa. I learned a lot of what I know from my grandpa and from my dad and whatnot. It's passed down generation to generation. It's simple planting the seeds, and they grow and they produce a harvest. And it's complex because in all of our knowledge, in all of the things that humanity knows, from space travel, alleged or true, to vaccines, alleged or true, to biology, and all the things in between. And I, I said it that way because I'm not getting on any of those topics. No one has ever made a seed that worked. We can synthesize everything but we cannot synthesize a seed that works. They could make, I would say, and by the end of the week, you could have a dozen companies producing things that looked exactly like seed corn. They would possibly even smell like seed corn. But you know what they wouldn't do? Grow. We have no idea how it works. Well, it germinates, and we spent billions of dollars trying to figure out what does that mean? How does this all work? And we made up words 
Like we've made up all sorts of words that we're trying, we're going to describe it with this word and Maybe, maybe people understand if we describe it with this word. And basically what we're trying to say is we have no idea how it works. But we want to say it with big words. So we make up all the science. And it's, I'm not opposed to science. No one knows how the seed works. Nobody knows how it works. So it's simple to plant seeds in the ground and take our old equipment out and harvest it and then people make it into all kinds of food and wonderful things that help humanity survive. But it's complex in that we have, no one knows how it works. It's one of the most complicated things in the world how a seed works, if not the most complicated thing. That's how the word of God is in our lives. It's simple. The simple truth this morning, slow down, sow the word of God in your hearts. Get good word of God to heart contact. Take small small seeds and sow them in your heart. But make sure you tuck them in there real good so you got good seed to soil contact. This isn't a works thing. There's zero condemnation. If you leave here and you're like, that's not for me. That's okay. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You're just not going to yield a harvest. And that's, I didn't mean that to sound like it sounded. I didn't mean that to say, it's just not going to harvest. I can, as we shared in our skit two weeks ago, I can carry that bag of seed corn around for years and I can complain about, man, I'd love to have corn to sell. It's $6, it's $7, it's $5 a bushel. I'd love to have some corn. But most people that I encounter, will, they will tire of that conversation because I've got soil and seed. It's like, just plant it. Like Todd said, stop checking on it, just plant it. And trust that God gives that seed everything it needs to grow. So it's real simple. Sow the word of God. And it's really complex because somehow when we sow the word of God in our hearts, it grows and reproduces after its own kind. Provides bread to the eater and seed to the sower. And today, Revelation Rock, we are both the eater and the sower. We have the opportunity to be the eater and the sower of the word of God. Bow with me if you would. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this word of God that you've given us, for the simplicity of it. That in our simple agricultural community, the way that we operate, that we can apply the truths of the word of God, that we can sow them in the soil of our hearts, and we can expect, we sow them with full expectation, Lord, that we expect that they will grow. They will germinate and if I can leave them alone and stop digging them up, they will grow and produce a harvest. Some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. I thank you, Father, that you meet us where we are. And there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And Lord, I just thank you right now that we can be in Christ. If anybody's here this morning and they're like, I'm not sure if I'm in Christ. Thank you that you make it as simple as believing so simple a child can do it. A child can understand it. We don't have to make it complex. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Lord, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. Revelation, eyes to see that we can apply these truths to our lives. That you make them simple enough we can apply them before breakfast. That we can apply them while we travel to work and while we engage our society and our community and the, our spheres of influence. That it's simple. And that you are faithful. 
began a good work in us to fulfill it in the day of Christ Jesus. I pray a blessing over this church body, each person that's here this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.